0: Yo, what's good? It's Petey Steele, and this is Counter Currents. I'm here with my co-host,
1: Elena Torres.
0: And, and this week, we have
1: a very special guest. Please welcome,
0: Kasha, Kasha Patel.
1: Patel. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Anytime. Thanks
1: for coming on. for those of you that don't know Kasha, Kasha is a local comedian. Uh, she is very, very funny. She recently got voted one of the 50 best New comedians to watch in the country. So that's pretty exciting. That's accurate. Yeah, it's it It's the most accurate by... Which magazine was it reminded of? Thrillist, Thrillist magazine.
2: So for those of you who don't know who Thrillist is, which a lot of people do. So I was like, oh, it's not by a completely obscure magazine. No, they do they're not, not a
0: lot of- yeah, at yeah. all.
2: Yeah, they do a lot of... Um, like, recommendations in your city and that right. kind of stuff. So. Right.
0: Yeah, I've clicked on them for an article t- or two about, like, crime or some <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of thing. I don't know.
1: You can find stuff about Kasha Patel and crime <laughs>
2: on Thrillist. <laughs> the two go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> of
0: course they do. So, uh, originally, you're from West Virginia, right?
2: Born and bred.
0: Wow, what part?
2: Um, I am about half an hour south of West Virginia University. So okay. that's been voted the number one party school in the nation several times. It has. has it really? Yeah. Wow! It's I mean,
0: always neck and neck with my alma mater, Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, USC Wisconsin. used to be up
1: there where I went to school, mm-hmm. but then it's just gotten They decided to get smarter and the <laughs> film school and everything. Now it's not party at all. So it's just pretty much status. any
2: big state school. I feel like there's just so many people there, and it's a state school, so you're not going to go into like huge debt uh right, paying right. for it that they're like yeah let's just party and they usually have pretty cool uh, good um football teams
0: yeah that's yeah, also true that's yeah also that, true. that adds to the environment i'll never forget 100%. we went to a west virginia james madison blowout Whoa. over at fedex field it was a groupon thing a couple of years back me and my buddy and his old degenerate uncle and we fucking got there they were just stomping them out by (laughs) halftime so we were like this is stupid let's just beat the traffic you know so we get back out there and all these rich james madison kids or whatever all had their party buses hanging out grills alcohol cornhole boards (laughs) all this shit and we were just like all right let's load the car up and do a little heist you know (laughs) and we just started loading up the truck whatever and then We'd zoom off and, you know, they're like, well, Petey, you're the sober guy. So, like, <laughs> what what's your take of the bounty? You know, you just the Cokes, the Red Bulls and shit, you know. And I'm like, honestly, I just want to, like, get off the exit ramp on load then go back and start stealing more shit. Because <laughs> when you get sober, that's kind of the only rush you get anymore. It's sometimes. so true. It's like <laughs> that
1: and, like, doing really nerdy extreme sports like i do flying trapeze once a week and that's where that's where i get my yeah technically i mean it's a workout okay you could kill yourself fucking doing it yeah exactly (laughs) if it's dangerous and self-destructive in any way at all
2: that's funny well i guess i can't say too much so i went to a james madison university party so i went to wake forest in north carolina and okay i don't know was just like a very academic school they had parties but um I played ultimate frisbee, so it wasn't Got like it. I was like in a frat or a sorority, and we had like nice parties there. But we had to go to JMU for a frisbee tournament, mm-hmm. and uh, every like Saturday of the tournament. They have a big party, so we mm-hmm. went to the party at JMU, and we've heard this is like a really big party school. So we drive out to like an abandoned warehouse mm-hmm. um, in the middle of nowhere, and we go in, and there's like a two-story beer bong for people. There was like a lady dressed in one of those nurse. I, it might have been a man. It wasn't like one of those obscure people. I think. Who knows was like, anymore? <laughs> exactly. It was <laughs> like I think it was clearly a man, and he identifies as a man, but he wanted to be funny, so he dressed in like a nurse outfit and had a gin bucket where he shot gin in people's mouth with a syringe and then had like Hershey syrup in there and they had a live band. And it was, it was overwhelming. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the coolest yeah. party that I've been to. And I walked in there. I was like, oh, this isn't for me. And then I walked out.
0: Now when he was shooting it, out of the syringe was that from like the second floor of the warehouse <laughs> like an atrium shot that would have
2: been impressive no it was more of like you met him and then you get down on your knees and then he like puts it in your mouth ah uh, uh, one of those sounds weird yeah, out I of think context. I prefer the trapeze shot <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: well, that's fucking dope um and that's Winston Salem yes
2: Oh well, that was actually here at JMU. Oh, this was at JMU. Yeah, yeah, Harrisonburg, was, yeah. Wake Forest. I've never been to a party like that at Wake Forest, but that's what I assume all of our alma maters had parties like. hmm
0: uh, Wake yeah, Forest yeah. to just had, like wine and cheeses, <laughs> n- yeah, exactly. Networking in mimosas. <laughs> networking in <and>
2: mimosas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in Winston Salem, and I just remember I rushed one time for a sorority. And everything was pink, and they sang songs to you. How creepy
1: is sorority rush?
2: It was. Were you in a sorority?
1: Yeah, for about <laughs> ten minutes because, <laughs> I well because I had I went to a huge fraternity sorority school like USC is not, not a great part of LA oh. and so a lot of the social scene because there's not like bars or stuff around there really oh. revolves around Greek life and it's like a whole big thing so I got there hmm. and I also hadn't really lived in the US before oh, so I was yeah. like oh this is the American thing to do <laughs> that's, what a, yeah, a, yeah, that's what people think about America that's what I thought so I was like oh I'm going to a real American school <laughs> and I'm gonna rush sorority and it was the creepiest experience <laughs> of my entire life like like, they really do sing songs at you, but they, like, bounce up and down when they do it. Do they do door, door chants when you do it? Like, yeah. The one day yeah. where they fill the whole door and, like, scream and shake their hair. <laughs> it's so crazy.
2: It was And you have these five-minute very... conversations with girls. Oh, and yeah. It, like, and they're, like, grading you on everything absolutely, you Absolutely. And, and what you wear. And yeah. You see, yeah. If it's, like... Off-white instead of a white dress And they requested white Like you might not get an invitation back No, it's, 100% I did not yeah. do well in the
1: sorority pr- I got rejected <laughs> by like By a lot of the sororities and you found This is like one. a very big deal did I Did they found do one. the
0: thing with the uh, It wasn't
1: necessarily one of the good ones though So I was like Well, I guess I should probably not do this and so I, I defected after, like, two months. Because then I found out you have to, like, pay extra per party. Yeah. It's, like, it's so much money. And I was, like, I don't need to pay for yeah, friends. Yeah,
2: that's exactly. Paying for friends. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, I did pay for friends and joined a fraternity. But it was definitely, really? like, subsidized friends. Fraternities it was are a lot.
1: Cheap. Yeah, and fraternities are a lot huh. cooler than, soror- like, so fraternities were
2: always so much more fun than sororities. Yeah, I
0: mean, men are just, you know. No, I'm just fucking around. It's Um,
2: interesting because I could see you, now that you say it, you being (laughs) in a fraternity, but also, I don't know, I just think of like Petey Steele being too cool to be in a fraternity. You would think, right? right? That was my
0: fraternity. It was a lot of guys that were all too cool to be in a fraternity, (laughs) but we all clicked together. such a fraternity
1: reason to have a fraternity yes. <laughs> like, like we
0: that is an a anti- way that we fraternity. pitched it that's exactly how we pitched it it was like the delta house but <laughs> like at the same time you know hey you can all have a crew get a group house or whatever but like we're not doing b and e's we're fucking doing college you know so we want to have like a mansion lakeside property a fucking <laughs> pier you know some place with like hidden dungeons to do your hell week and like you know <laughs> do quasi torture of hidden like dungeons you know. for
1: elephant walks is what he really means uh. <laughs> yeah,
0: that too oh
2: wait, wait. so tell me because i'm always fascinated by all the things that fraternities make their little peons mm-hmm. do for them um w- w- grant making sure that it's appropriate right uh, what's like one of the weirdest things that you heard of happening in your fraternity or other fraternities the stuff I heard
0: of, heard of yeah. was a <laughs> lot worse than anything we endured um, hmm. you know I guess because people evolve um, <laughs> right. torture becomes less fashionable <laughs> so like maybe like the most risque thing they had this thing called the beta whore I was a beta and they were a, for, a, a fraternity. Beta oh, was, fraternity beta was the yeah. coolest
1: for one at, at USC I they got kicked that. off the row like three times and yep. and yeah they were, the, they were like the we coolest ones we got kicked
0: shut down a couple times yeah. um, oh. but they would have a stripper That would go up during Hell Week after they had, like, made you flunk a test a couple times or whatever Mm -hmm. and said, you know, you're no fucking good. You're never going to do this. Then they let you pass. They give you, like, an easy test after they said you've learned all the lore. So now it's party time. So, like, here's the keg. We got some pot go upstairs, I want you to take this prophylactic with you, you know, we got a surprise for you. And then there's some stripper they've hired to like come and like try to seduce you and strip you down. And then, you know, it's to kind of see what the pledge is going to do. But by the time the pledge is either going to engage or do whatever, the lights come on and there's like the whole frat house just sitting there laughing at you with your drawers down and everything like that. Now, some in this... wow latest social climate we have I think post Me Too and such that would probably be classified as some sort of like a male-on-male assault or something like that. But... We all thought it was kind of hilarious. Um, we didn't feel demeaned. And then one year, I even dressed up as the stripper. I wore a wig. What? I borrowed because I had, you know, pretty big pictorials at the time and stuff. <laughs> so I borrowed one of my like girlfriend's, you know, D cup thing, you know, bras and fucking had it on and everything. And the whole thing was like, I would just seduce them. I like lie on the couch. There'd be no light except for like candlelight or whatever, and I'd be like, come here. And stuff, you know? And the funniest thing was, like, a couple of the (laughs) dudes, the class below mine that were pledging, were just sort of like, you know, they were either virgins when they came in the house or they were like, dudes that weren't going to do that you know and then they would walk off and you know try to have a moral high horse like and i pick like, it's your loss and they'd be like but it's also my gain and they stomp out like Aww. there's some kind of like and then the <laughs> lights turn on it's like yeah your gain you didn't just sleep with fucking pd steel yeah. you piece of shit you know and um that was cool and there was one dude was from the hood in milwaukee this spanish dude i remember he took one look at me even with the candlelight was like nah hell nah dude hell nah (laughs) you know he knew it was me so that was you know that was whimsical um (laughs) that, that 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 was the type of shit we did um and they would do kind of an inquisition thing where somebody would flip out Not an inquisition, an interrogation where somebody, an active member, would flip out during Hell Week and cause a scene and storm out. And it would kind of like, you know, because everybody was sleep-deprived and fucked up, so it would kind of traumatize them a little bit. And then they'd be like, we're getting the Nationals in to talk about this guy. We're going to need you upstairs in the dark with pillowcases over your face so you can't see the guys (laughs) at Nationals. And we're going to like totally, you know figure out what you know about this person or whatever oh. and then they they would and then it was a way to see if you like snitched on anybody or whatever oh. things like that oh, so okay. it was kind of
1: more intellectual yeah i
0: like that and your oh. performance there could determine <laughs> you know how high your bond number was or whatever right, or right. low but yeah because <laughs> the lower the bond number the more privilege you have in the roles and everything so like oh, if, huh, by your the time you're like a senior If, you know, your bond number is like 1961 and some other guy's 1964, the 1961 guy is going to have his choice of like having his room in the penthouse or something like that. Whereas the 1964 might get like a shitty thing on the second floor or something like that, you know? Right. So it was sort of like a weird...
2: It's like a weird social experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think would happen if you did that to comedians? If you like took them in a separate room and was like, "I'll give you a feature spot for Warner Theater if you tell me everything you know about this person." Do you think oh, I dude. Uh,
1: they'd be like, uh, "I have text messages to prove it," and <laughs> they would just yeah, yeah. They'd tell you. I mean, they would tell you everything, and then something They'd call and be like, "Hey, um, can you tell me any extra things I don't know about you?" <laughs> I just want to know because we're friends. They'd lie and then tell them whatever. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think they're desperate for spots. There's like no integrity <laughs> in this fucking sport.
2: No. Well, it's totally no. individual, right?
1: So yeah, you get, like I feel like when it comes down to it like that, if you did that with comedians, it would be totally cutthroat.
2: Yeah. I often say that everything aside from being on stage in comedy, like kind of blows like there are good moments where like when you actually talk to the other people right uh, that's nice but like the competitive the enter I mean you're an actress and Mm -hmm. I just like man I came from science and you go into entertainment and there are similarities but definitely just the kind of free-for-all and figuring out like where you need to go is very different from a kind of like a formal background of like okay if you're a scientist you do research and you get a paper if you want to be a doctor you go to medical school and that's like your path and here it's just like eh, you know just figure it out and you know just kind of be scrappy and do what you need to do. Totally I actually did an interview recently I wish that sounds so cool but uh, (laughs) I did I did an
1: interview recently where someone asked me why I thought people drop out of entertainment and comedy so often. I think it's just the uncertainty. I think it's exactly what you're talking about, which is like there comes a point in your life where you can't afford to not know sometimes. You know, to not know what the next step is. And it, it I mean, as a human, I don't I think there's something really, really unsettling about it. And there's not like if you do this, then this will happen in entertainment. It's so it's such a free for all. One of the things I like about comedy is comedy is much more structured than acting is. Because acting is really like Oh yeah. Yeah, it's much more of a lottery thing because Hmm. a lot of it depends on if you're right for a part. Hmm. And you can kind of figure out how to act. So if you're connected and your dad's a producer or whatever, (laughs) like you can kind of figure out how to say lines and stand there and a director can tell you to feel something in the moment, right? (laughs) You can't fake to be funny. You can't figure out stand-up because your dad was a comic. That's true, you know? You have to go out. You have to practice
2: every day. Like with acting, you you
1: don't really have to practice.
2: Yeah, but you could also because your dad or whoever is important or you have the strings, like you could go on stage and not be funny and like Yeah, but if you're not funny,
1: you can't like you can't there's certain state like you can't really blow up without being funny. Whereas I feel like there are plenty of actors that blow up all the time that you're like, "Really?" <laughs> all the time. And I, I feel like comedy is a little bit more true to the art form. Yeah. Interesting. In that sense.
0: Cuz like you'll rewind a movie to look at somebody that's really attractive so you can like masturbate but right. like <laughs> a great set i mean how often do you like spin back on that right once or twice maybe yeah you unless it's pure off. comic greatness oh
2: well, you don't jerk off to like stand-up sets on netflix no because i it's only listen stand-up.
0: to well because i'm not gay and i only listen to male comedians so like, <laughs> oh, <no.
2: yeah. laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, like it, it's a replay value thing. I think with Hollywood that you don't really have as much with comedy.
1: Yeah, comedy. Like you can't, you can't be. I feel like there's a lot of sort of celebrities and stuff that want to try stand up, and they'll like try it a couple times, but they're not gonna do well in stand up if you're not funny. Like, no, you just can't.
0: Your best networking's on stage. Yeah. Eventually, you're gonna yeah. network your way up to some big stage, and then let down two thousand people. And then what the fuck?
1: Right. That's a hundred percent true. Like yeah. You just, like and acting is networking. I think is more important than than your talent. And a lot of people would disagree with that. But I think at the end of the day. If you're a great act, ag- there's a lot of great actors that never work. And there's a lot of people that go to all the right parties and but, are connected in all the right But ways isn't it true
0: with mm. acting, too? Because I hear this on some L.A. podcasts, mostly of comics. But they'll say people do all these favors and have these casting couch things 100%. for big roles. But then they get used up, too. Yeah, And it's like. Hey, they're only going to go so far doing that thing because you're not fucking Meryl Streep at the end of the day or, you know, thinking who's like, you know, Al Pacino or something like that.
1: Yeah, but it's I mean, especially I'm sorry to do this, but especially for women, I feel like a lot of it, too, is even if you are as good as Meryl Streep and keep going, like how often are you getting scripts with roles that A, you're right for Mm -hmm. that can put you in a category like that? Meryl Streep is getting all those roles. And right. Meryl Streep does, like, what, one movie a year? Maybe two? Yeah. That's, you know, three months of your life, and that's it. Like, there's just not that many roles out there for the amount of people that are doing acting and roles where, like, you're playing a dynamic character. I mean, especially for women. Like, most most roles for women is, like, the girl in a superhero
0: movie. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's just,
2: like, the hot girl of the moment and Recycle. Yeah. And then also, even if you are just that it factor for that moment i mean you're talking about al Pacino, and meryl streep but like they're also an exception they're Absolutely. like the top whatever like two percent of the industry Absolutely. right whereas like if you're kind of a n- i don't want to say no name but let's say like a b plus actor or something mm. like that you could right. just do a couple of movies and you'd be pretty set for a long time financially uh, no, you're not. You're not? No. How much money do you make from like a movie? It depends
1: what movie, but you're not set financial. I mean, it's not, you're not set financially. If you, the way to really get set financially for life and not have to worry about money is to be on a TV show that does well. If you're on mm. a TV show for five or six years that does well, that gets syndicated mm. forever, like all those people on Malcolm in the Middle, for example. Oh, yeah. I know a couple of those people. Like none of them ever have to work again because that show is syndicated it's replayed the more it gets replayed the more money you make versus a movie that's usually a one-time payout unless you're like leonardo dicaprio who takes a percentage of the budget
2: oh interesting but
1: usually with movies it's a one-time thing like i made the the most money i ever made in acting was on the very first show i did where my part was really small but i lasted it it was a one season show because telenovelas run one season and it was a really small part but that show was so popular Hmm. and it's been syndicated so much and played all over the world that like I still get checks from that
2: interesting
1: versus like part stuff where I had bigger roles they didn't do as well so Hmm. I didn't get as many checks
2: so I guess it'd be more accurate for me to say that you could be kind of a one-hit wonder I mean I don't know I haven't seen Francis and Malcolm in the Middle and anything else right but like he is pretty good financially for like the rest of his life because of that pretty much although that was a really long show too yeah
1: Interesting Yeah like like you know The mom in, in, in whatever TV show Yeah Like the mom in that 70s show
2: Oh yeah uh, Well she. I've seen her in a few things Yeah
1: she's done some other stuff But yeah. like Talk about being financially set Like anyone who was ever on that show I mean a lot of them have, have Gone on to have very right, right. Large careers anyway huh. But like that show Is so syndicated It's on all the time Forever Yeah Like stuff hmm. like that That's where you really Really can like Financially be secure In acting Other than that most actors that work have side bu- businesses. Even you'd be surprised, like, a lot of people that you've seen in, like, huge movies, even if they've had a role. Oh, yeah? A lot of them will also be, like, you know, selling real estate on the side in Los Angeles. Oh. That,
2: that that happens a lot. Interesting. So, in a way, that's kind of s- different from comedy is if you had a person who had, like, a special out there and maybe a couple of Comedy Central credits they're still struggling for money. Whereas if you have Francis from Malcolm in the Middle, who does like one show for like multiple seasons. Yeah. Like he can be that one hit wonder. Whereas a comedian can't. Yeah.
1: There's it's harder Once you start making money in acting, I think you get, you make more money, but stand up is tough. A lot mm-hmm. of people, I feel like in comedy make great money writing. Mm-hmm. And there's a yeah. lot more money in writing for stuff. Yeah. Especially like there's not that many people. Again, there's just not that many people out there that are funny. So if you can write and you're funny, huh. there's just a lot of work there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's going to be very hard for me to sell my, like, non-aesthetic image, but my (laughs) writing is like, boom.
2: (laughs) There you go. I don't know, like, Seth Rogen, he made it for himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty ugly. You're right.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you can make it on your looks.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: <laughs> no, and com- comedy doesn't need look stuff.
0: You got to stop drinking Coca-Cola at five, but, I yeah. have
1: been telling Petey, by the way, I don't know if anybody remembers episode one, but I have been telling Petey to stop drinking just try diet Co- i mean they're all terrible for you i'm mm-hmm. drinking diet coke right now but just stop drinking full sugar coca-cola I still haven't gotten my
0: asshole all. waxed either
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i also told him that you should wax his <laughs> asshole wait so but i tell everybody that <laughs> well why do you like coca-cola the regular as opposed to diet have you tried diet yeah
0: it's gross
2: oh, i don't really drink i was pop. raised on this shit i That's don't think i right can learn
0: do. i don't you know my feminist roots only go so deep you
2: know <laughs> right I've just read too many studies about uh, sugar in these soft drinks, leading being like one of the top causes mm-hmm. for obesity. Nope. And also my mom never let us drink pop when we were growing up when we went out to dinner. Did we- they call
0: it pop in West Virginia?
2: Oh, yeah, I guess that's what oh, I Oh, really? West to. Virginia. I, I thought that was just a Midwest thing. But oh, I guess. pop?
1: Soda. Mm. Yeah, pop. What's
0: West Virginia considered besides West Virginia? Is there a region <laughs> it fits into?
1: That's actually a great question. It what really is. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't think the Midwest would claim it. No. The East would claim it. The, the south, south
1: doesn't claim it, right? No. Or does it?
2: Well, so it kind of depends on where you are in West Virginia. So the Mason-Dixon line kind of runs straight through. Mm-hmm. So I think where I'm from, I'm actually north of the Mason-Dixon line. So I... Also, because I'm a little more northern part of the state, I identify as the north part of the country. And So also you, you think
1: you're like northeast is how you would classify yourself? Yes, I would say okay.
2: northeast or like mid-Atlantic, right? Mm. Mid-Atlantic okay, is okay. a good region. But, but gotcha. if you ask people from the southern part of the state, they're like super southern with like the southern drawls and everything. Oh, okay. And they would, might consider themselves part of the south. Gotcha. Yeah. But technically, in the Civil War, we did side with the North. So that's how I also justify it. Nice, nice. Yeah. But like I said, it's weird because like half the state up at North is very Northern and Mm -hmm. the Southern part is very Southern. Not
1: unlike Virginia. Virginia, Virginia. I feel like Virginia, like you have Northern Virginia and
2: then. I don't know much about anything about Virginia except for Northern Virginia because I don't really go to the other parts of Virginia. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I haven't really been to any other
1: parts of Northern Virginia <laughs> of, of any Virginia either, mm-hmm. other than Northern Virginia. But I imagine that's that uh, from what I've heard,
0: that's the case.
2: Yeah. Are you from yeah. a big
0: family out there, or uh. small or medium?
2: there's six of us in my family so i don't know if that's large that's pretty big four kids and two parents wow that's pretty four kids that's a lot yeah girls boys three older brothers and then me oh Oh, no wonder we get along Uh, i I actually feel like that describes a lot about my personality Yeah, actually knowing you that makes a lot of sense yeah No. yeah i feel like i've had a i feel like i get along better with guys a lot of the times at least uh, in college, and not in like like the hit on me kind of way, mm-hmm. it was just like a very kind of broy thing. Because right. like I know what guys are into. Like I would talk about having land parties, playing Warcraft.
0: Right. right. So
2: I know how to do those things. Whereas like girls are like my friend in college had to teach me how to go shopping because they didn't know for clothes and shit. Stuff? Well, like I bought stuff, but she taught me. F- fashion oh yeah. yeah yeah where we'd go to the store and she'd like okay kasha pick out what you think i would wear and i'll pick out what i think you should wear and they were just like very different and then she's like no for your body type you need something it was just like
0: you like gave her overalls she was <laughs> like fuck this yeah.
2: Yeah. i think for her i just picked anything that looks like might have been worn on little house on the prairie Because mm-hmm. she was like very like put together kind of like little house on. she the- was dainty dainty and like from north carolina right right yeah. right man ex- a peanut. Y- yeah <laughs> 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 so wait kasha
1: um before we were talking a little bit about financial security you have a day job <laughs> this is how this is how this is my transition to this question <laughs> i, was like, are I you really want to s- talk about this on the podcast <laughs> but you have a day job but your day job is pretty cool and (laughs) and your day job you've managed what what i one thing i really admire about you is like you make it all part of sort of like this is going to be sound terrible the brand that is kasha (laughs) you take you take sort of your day job and combine it with comedy (laughs) so tell everybody what you do
2: Yeah, um, so I've been in D.C. for over five years now, and I've been working at NASA Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland. It's not a secret, because if you Google me, (laughs) it shows up there. Mm -hmm. Um, They've written articles about me, too, on NASA.gov. So that was kind of nice that they support what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, basically I write about science research conducted at NASA, with NASA data by NASA researchers, um, and it's in the Earth Science Department. So it can be about how bad or how good air quality is in the nation versus the entire world, or landslides, or like a recent hurricane that happened, like when Hurricane Mm -hmm. Michael happened recently, um, we got really cool satellite data that showed, oh yeah, it actually, so Hurricane Michael passed by Mexico Beach in Florida, which is actually where I went to do spring break uh, with Ultimate Frisbee, so that was like kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the New York Times front page, they had a picture, a drone picture, of like two houses that were still standing. Um, and one of them was the house I used to go to do spring break in, so that was oh, Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, but we got satellite imagery showing how many, power lines were actually out so from earth or from space you can actually see all the night lights on earth and you could see a huge difference before Hurricane Michael and then after Hurricane Michael where it was like, oh, pretty bright and then just completely. So did the hurricane world.
0: fuck up the ultimate frisbee course that you've <laughs> yeah, been like yeah. playing on? I feel it would make it better, like extreme <laughs> ultimate.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Make it more of an obstacle course. You know, you else. have like a
0: weather bane blocking the little <laughs> yeah. net holder thing. So it's like, you know, throwing something the same size with like half the space It'd be like landing a plane.
2: This is really yeah. funny there's because nothing. there's no net holder an ultimate frisbee well no no what's
0: the shit because i played it one time like those big posts and they have kind of like yeah, chain link you're thinking whatever.
2: of frisbee golf that's very oh okay never mind frisbee. never mind
0: oh this is the stuff oh, where you pass it or whatever
1: of, I'm, I'm thinking of frisbee golf also where Everyone it's like a cord
2: froth is what
1: the cool oh. Oh.
2: oh, so wait, wait wait explain to us <laughs> we company. needed another
0: portmanteau Looking <laughs> froth yeah
2: so Ultimate Frisbee, what I played in college and a little bit here in D.C., um, you have seven people versus another seven on the field. And it's uh, I think it's 70 yards by 40 yards. Um, and then you have and it's like a, then you have two end zones, one on each side. And it's kind of like football in the respect that you just have to be in the end zone and then you score. That's what it's called. It's called scoring, not a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's kind of called I guess it's a little bit like basketball. Ball. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess in basketball, picks are bad, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're good defensive
2: oh, maneuvers.
0: Okay. And that when they're moving picks, that's a penalty, though. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That. So,
2: mm-hmm. if you if another player picks someone on the opposite team, that's mm-hmm. a penalty. Or, okay. uh, well, ultimate frisbee... At unless it's, like, on the ESPN level. Right. um, It's self-officiated, so it's just up to you to stop and say, oh, no, like, someone picked me, or, like, a foul if someone hits you. So there's, like, an
0: honor code.
2: There's an honor code, which is very unique, I think, to Ultimate Frisbee.
0: Now, do you feel that the people are better at upholding the honor code because they just do it, or are they, like, less good because they're all a bunch of fucking hippies and can't be trusted?
2: (laughs) 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 Um... I think at a certain – I think people uphold it pretty well because also, like, other people on your team see – they can – you can tell, like, if that was out because you can see where your foot landed. And you can get people who do bad calls repeatedly in a game, and that's just, like, not cool. And mm, I would say on the whole – and also, like, not a lot of people call fouls in that many calls during the game, like, maybe – three or four if that and that's like an hour and a half long game or whoever goes up to 15 first Um, so I would say the majority I mean it works fine Mm -hmm. yeah so how
1: did the transition from ultimate frisbee to comedy come about (laughs) for you
2: (laughs) I like how you're like uh, those two cannot exist at the same time well obviously not obviously (laughs) I mean I can't be wrong right or do you I just feel like Um, it's got to
1: conflict (laughs) Comedy and ultimate fris, or do you still play?
2: Uh, yeah, no, I still play. Um, when I came to D.C., that's actually how I met a lot of my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, which is great because like all ultimate uh, frisbee players have certain qualities in that they're like super chill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, and they're (laughs) also pretty competitive, at least here in D.C. Because we have three professional teams: women's, men's, and then a mixed league. And they all do really well and like they've won national championships they get on espn every year uh, because we have like our national uh, championship every year um so they at least make it into the playoffs um so yeah i played on club teams where you go around and you travel and you play other people in the region Mm -hmm. um and then actually up until this last summer i didn't play this summer season because you're right comedy the more (laughs) The more you're into comedy, the more gigs I was getting. And, yeah. and a lot of it's on the weekends to travel to Frisbee. Then you have practices two times a week, at least my team did. So it just got more difficult to, um, I just kept missing practices because I was doing comedy because right. they were like important and they were like paid gigs or something like that. Right, and then right. it's just kind of like, oh, if you don't show up to practices and you don't get as much playing time. So and now it's just kind of like recreationally because they're recreation leagues right? that right. I'll do. Right, and how long? How long have you been doing comedy now? Uh, let's see. I started in Boston when I was in grad school, and I think that was the first time I got on stage. I think was two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, that sounds right. And then I started doing it like intensely because I was in grad school, so it's hard to do other things. Right. Um, I did it intensely when I came to D.C. Maybe about four and a half years ago. Right. So that'd be two thousand and fourteen, or maybe around that February or March is when I started going out and doing it, like, more than, like, three times a week. Oh, okay. Is that I
1: always find that interesting, like, what people consider doing comedy a lot is. Like, I feel like in D.C. we're particularly, I don't know if privilege is the right word, but we all, like, the scene takes comedy very seriously. So everybody's out doing it, like, five, six nights a week. Whereas, like, yeah. in L.A., I'll talk to people in that scene, and they're, like, lucky if they're going twice a week
2: oh see i also think it's mentally how i'm feeling because when Mm -hmm. i came to dc i made a mental commitment to comedy where i was like okay i pursued this thing in boston and i was actually really sad to leave boston because i felt like i figured out what clubs i needed to go to when Mm -hmm. i was getting a a, a hold of the scene and then i had to move Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then i didn't know anything about dc i just knew that at that time dc was smaller than boston in terms Mm -hmm. of the comedy scene
0: what year was this again
2: uh, 2014, I think.
0: Yeah, I went up to Boston that year. They I had three comedy clubs
2: there. Yeah. Um, and they also had other, I mean, they had like three or four comedy clubs there. And here in D.C., we only had one at that time. Mm-hmm. Like Big Hunt wasn't even uh, a thing at that, that time. Yeah. Big mm-hmm.
0: then. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. I mean, everything else was Baltimore, Arlington.
2: Yeah, and but D.C. Man. Improv.
0: But here we go. It
2: blew yeah. up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. still blowing up. Yeah, we keep going and going and going. Yeah, and it's like one is people keep talking about this comedy bubble of it's gonna burst, and I'm just—I don't see it. No, see it It just keeps growing. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and now I kind of like that it's not just stand up comedy necessarily it's stand-up comedy in different contexts like uh comedy central started doing that show this week at the comedy cellar Mm -hmm. yeah they've done about three or four episodes and i think that's really cool because yeah it airs on comedy central but they're all topical things same thing with the daily show even though it's been around forever it just feels like john oliver all these more topical shows are getting shared way more and you're getting a lot more people that aren't necessarily interested in comedy and i feel like that's one reason why this comedy bubble doesn't seem like it has an end inside no, no i it think it's still all up in the middle of it yeah
1: <laughs> and the crazy part is is like pd's got pd's popular um <laughs> the crazy part with comedy that i found is that in dc people like i'm what two and a half years in the new people now versus like just two years ago how much harder it is for them to get stage time huh <laughs> it than it was just that just a couple years ago because it's getting so competitive and the problem is I think well the problem the the advantage I think that we have is like our open mics real people show up so open (laughs) mics start becoming shows
2: you're right so that's an interesting perspective because sometimes I get um a little jealous because the new comics that show up like I feel like they can put in a lot of effort and they can get pretty far into where they are for their experience level whereas let's say two years in when i was in dc there wasn't that much uh, opportunity as right. they have now but you're also correct that i don't know if i was starting here in dc now and you also have to think about all the other things we have going on but i don't know how to get in i wouldn't know how to get on shows necessarily starting now they because have to do you, a ton
1: of bringer spots and stuff like that yeah
2: which i did bringer spots yeah. like because that's just a thing that you have to do mm-hmm. but i mean even now it's just like okay you do the bringer spots but there's still so many other bringers that like it's not right. like you're special and like you said you don't even need bringers to a lot of these shows no mm-hmm. i
1: mean i mean a lot of these venues like draft I, house doesn't do bringers big hunt doesn't let you yeah. do bring,
0: any show to- worth its weight doesn't need any fucking exactly
1: bringers. exactly yeah. Yeah.
0: No, nah, those bringers, you think you're going to NY to blow up. You're making Alex star rich. You know, that's <laughs> all you're fucking doing.
1: Damn, he said it on I'll the air. It.
0: I don't give on a shit because that's <laughs> all it is.
1: What do you think? Do you, do you think, how do you feel about it? Do you, are you more like, fuck these new people now because they have so many options here in D.C.? Or are you more like, you no, think that you got luckier no, starting earlier because you, you,
0: know, I, you know, you know. There's no perfect time or even great time to start something like comedy because the whole idea of comedy is ridiculous when you think about (laughs) it. Like you're going into a room packed with people to stand on a stage and go, I'm funny, you know, look at me, whatever. If you got the... Balls to do this, or the delusion, or some combination of both, and you get up there and it works. God bless. You will find a way whether you came in with a super competitive class or a shitty class, whether there's more opportunities in your town, whether there's less opportunities. I really think at the end of the day, It's not as relevant as people think it is. Like, if you don't have the goods, you know, Brian Callen said something I thought was pretty accurate. Uh, He said, you know, there's three things where if you ain't bringing the goods, people are going to know and that you can't fake them. And it's fighting, sex and comedy. If you're in a room doing any of those things wrong, it's not going to take long for the other people around you to notice what the fucking deal is
1: i'm thinking about this and for fighting uh, Connie, i mean i'm sorry
0: i didn't mean to touch on your sex life or no anything no i'm late. actually
1: i am they're thinking all the same <laughs> for her <laughs> <laughs> what she's yeah i know I'm, I'm all i'm thinking about the sex part i mean i guess you can find but so many dudes are bad at sex and have no idea because girls pick because elena all the never time. tells them no exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly <laughs> From a long history of of faking orgasms, I feel like a lot of people are bad at sex and have no idea they're bad at sex. (laughs) Bruce is like, you find out if you're bad at fighting. You find out if you're bad at comedy. Right. sex. (laughs) (laughs) Like, a lot of people have no clue.
0: All right. Well, maybe I'll concede that one point to you a little bit. (laughs) That's
1: that's the only one there. But
0: you're not going to get many repeat performances after one bad screw. With the same
2: person, maybe unless you're really well, unless they're a bad
0: screw too and they just don't know it then it's yeah, all relative I feel
1: like I mean I feel like there are people <laughs> out there that that get laid often that you're like how I mean you're terrible but by uh, the same like, person they got
0: to be good at something though
1: Yeah they might mu- I mean yeah a lot of people uh, had, a lot of people get like you know a lot of people end up in relationships and get married <laughs> like not everybody who's in a long-term relationship that has sex is, that that is having sex is good right so like that's what I'm saying like I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I went on a huge tangent with that. No, no,
0: no. I, this is interesting. I'd like to explore this more. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Also, I like how you just like pounced on this. Like <laughs> you are hoping your husband's listening to this. No, no, just uh, so <laughs> he knows no. He just went zero. he, asked to, like, he actually asked
1: me to shout him out on, on the podcast today. So I'm gonna shout out my husband, Josh. I love you. You're fantastic at sex. I'm not talking about you <laughs> at all. And I want everyone to know that it's fantastic. Why are
2: you shaking your head? No, <laughs> um, you say
0: that. See, see, so this is what Pete was see, talking is, about getting a video component. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> fucking, exactly.
2: This is why we needed to set shit. up the 360
0: camera (laughs) so you can see
2: elena shaking her head no and all (laughs) the angles yep yep (laughs) but no pd i think that you have a good point that it's kind of like whoever said be so good they can't ignore you that Mm -hmm. i mean those who are really invested in it and they're putting their time in i mean they will rise to the top so you have a very good perspective that (laughs) once you kind of go into that, like that dark place of like what's going on here, like yeah. your perspective is what you have to remember to be like, nah, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Instead of like, what the fuck am I doing this for? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause that's
2: kind of the cattiness that I think is very prevalent in the entertainment business, which yes. again, like I said in the beginning, I'm not used to that. Uh, I'm just not used to that kind of competitive edge where it's not necessarily, it's backed by so many things that are subjective. Yeah. Whereas like in science, it's kind of like okay, you. Some could argue it's subjective, but you have like data behind it, or you have logical right. reasoning, and like I don't know, it's a very clear path of thinking. In my, do you find that comforting
1: to have that in your life? Like at least, like at least you've got science that like <laughs> one thing equals this plus this equals that, <laughs> instead of comedy that's like so fucking crazy.
2: Well, it's funny you say that because I was in science for undergrad and I did research and stuff, but then. I laugh now because I took this path where both things, you have no idea of how to like get famous or rich because now I'm in writing technically. Right. Um, and again, it's kind of subjective. It's like, okay, is this opening to your article good? Well, you might think it's good by your editor might not, or right. people who are reading it might not. Right. So, and even like, how do you become a famous writer? Like, yeah i mean jk rowling like the most the writer who's made like the most money ever i think i don't know if you can fact check it later but she was like poor and (laughs) about to go broke and like on the streets i don't know that's not true but like
1: she was on welfare and she got rejected by over 10 publishers yeah before somebody said yes to harry potter and now she has like theme parks based on her writing i know that's the craziest like when you've got a theme park based (laughs) on some shit that you wrote like that's That's next level.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're going to take a lot of thumpings in this game. Yeah, for sure. In any game in (laughs) life, no matter what road you choose, you're going to probably have more losses than wins, even if you're like, one of the most consummate winners that's true you know whether it's michael jordan fucking uh, Twitey has that bit that's really great about ted williams having a 400 all-time batting average that's 40 percent of everything hit and he's saying you know if i were to come into work and just do my job 40 (laughs) percent of the time but granted it's not hitting like a 105 mile per hour projectile with a piece of timber yeah you know 400 yeah. feet into the stands yeah. so this is like you know an elite thing you've chosen and for to get really 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 good you're gonna have to screw up I think a lot of things um even if you don't screw up most of them which is required to actually mm-hmm. reach
2: right. you bomb, that elite you bomb in secret so you don't bomb in the open yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Better find those really clandestine rooms, newbies.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> do do a few tours at summers and fireflies and shit before you come up out. on the big. Uh, no, I, I go like there summers. too. I yeah. like to fuck mm-hmm. around and go there. They actually, I don't think have a fireflies pretty good. Open anymore. No, they're done. But I mean, oh, like, they are? yeah, I, I didn't know that. Been done for about a year.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah, they're closed. R.I.P. But Summers is still there, and they got their nice uh, shrimp and spaghetti with a big garden salad for 15 bucks.
1: Yeah, I did a show there recently, like a a couple months ago, and that was, you know, it Mm. was a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never
1: been. Maybe I should. Yeah, no,
2: it's in Virginia. It's far. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, you got to do a lot of those things, even as somebody who gets like club work and stuff like that, just because it is a spot. It, if you got something new you want to yeah screw around with, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to try it up here the first time. Definitely
2: right. not. And that's why I feel like it must be hard for really famous people, because you go to a place and you're just trying to go to like a clandestine place or just some crappy open mic. And it's like, oh my God gosh you're so-and-so and and it's like they're gonna laugh at anything you say
1: exactly exactly Mm -hmm. i worry about that a lot like because you know i know that i'm (laughs) on that path (laughs) right (laughs) they're just
2: gonna see you go on stage oh Oh my my gosh
1: gosh. no but like (laughs) if people like you too much they laugh at all your shit no matter what and you don't know (laughs) if you're not funny anymore yeah
2: i wonder what level do you have to have that happen to you though that's a great
1: question. I don't like know. is
2: it. It's not two Netflix specials because there are people who have two Netflix specials out there and they show up on stage and they're not household no, but
0: then, names. But then right? Have,
1: well, it depends how well those specials do. You know, like Ali Wong has two Netflix specials and she's at that level, like where, where like she gets to a place and like people are so excited to see her. They're ready to laugh. That's and true. How yeah. is she going to find out if her joke is funny or not?
2: Yeah. Especially because now she has two babies. Right, exactly. Shit,
0: I would wear a fucking mask, like Ghostface or whatever, to my <laughs> open mics. And then people will think it's a stupid gimmick, so they would probably think oh, this guy's probably not going to be that funny. Mm-hmm. But then you start kind of killing shit because you <laughs> already have comic instinct and they're like, whoa. And then you can gauge the response of how good the laugh, the joke is. I bet you that could work like a charm.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of musicians do that kind of thing. Like when when I was living in LA, Will I Am was I forgot his well, he had a DJ name and he was like going around DJing LA clubs and parties all the time. Under a to- and nobody knew that yeah. who I am hmm. under a totally different name and it was totally it was like house DJ music like totally different than the stuff that he was doing with Black Eyed Peas at the time
0: well let's hope Jesus yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean <laughs> it was also pretty like poppy type of shit but I thought that that was cool like oh you can just totally reinvent yourself secretly and try this yeah. other thing yeah But, yeah, in comedy, I don't know. You'd have to wear, like, a fedora and sunglasses. Well, that'd be hard, too, because
2: then, like you said, that becomes part of your act, whereas, like, if you're just, like, there's so much that goes off in your facial expressions. Totally. But if you have a mask there, like, the joke might not go off as well. That's true. That's
0: true. But that could maybe even serve as, like, an additional, like, you know, like swimming in the pool with weights on or something, you know? That's how good your material's got to be. yeah. You fucking can't just fire off anything without a certain <laughs> expression. It's it's harder to oversell a joke that may not be that good.
1: Yeah, yeah. totally.
0: Too. i don't know i would do it i'd get you know the way i got like all these different baseball caps i'd oh, probably yeah. get like 15 different masks or something you know ah, tailored in different cool. colors yeah. and all that
2: yeah we didn't talk about today's hat what i don't know what it oh, is Oh, that's
0: the hartford whalers they're a team that's been defunct as of 1996 hartford connecticut, Artford, connecticut. Cool. yeah they were a big favorite in new england of hockey and
2: oh they're hockey
0: they got bought by, I believe it's the Colorado Avalanche, and they're that now. Huh. Um, but yeah, they 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 still have this. Uh, when I was up at Boston doing comedy, that's when I went and bought it. Oh. They don't really sell them down here that much, <laughs> but I it's like the logo. Actually, a really cool logo. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. W with the whale with fins. The whale yeah, which kind of looks
2: like a big whale with with a Big chest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a
0: very cool logo. Indeed. So, Kasha, what do you got coming up?
2: That's a good question. So, it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, I will actually be at State Theater on December 14th.
0: Okay. That's a great show. That's so much fun. That's the best acoustics in the DMV. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, That's like the thing I know for right now. There's other stuff that's not confirmed, but, Mm -hmm. oh, I should, I could also say this. Um, I'm actually going to give a a TEDx talk at the end of this month um, next Friday, which would be November 30th. Mm -hmm. Um, So that will be interesting. I'm preparing my talk right now and it involves me listening to a lot of my stand-up comedy recordings to figure out, yeah, to figure out. W- some kind of trend in what worked and what didn't. Right. Mm. And it's like literally 500 recordings. And like, we have like different columns of like, how long is the joke? How big? How many seconds of laughter was it after that? And then just an impact ratio of the entire set where it's like you compare the amount of seconds um, that people weren't laughing to the amount of seconds that people were laughing mm-hmm. and that's the ratio so it's a percent or i mean just a number i guess but yeah it will be interesting to see what i find out yeah you're getting into the science of comedy interesting. yeah that's yeah. killer cool. yeah
0: bam bam yeah where can people get at you
2: yeah um you can have my twitter kasha patel you can have my facebook which is kasha patel you can have my instagram which is kasha blanca and <laughs> you can have my frankly webs- my
0: dear I don't give a damn what it is <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Zing. and then I also have uh, my website kashpatel.com and on all those things I tweet out my articles that I write for NASA which has really cool satellite imagery that I'm starting to process so you'll get to see like fires from space and then also my upcoming comedy stuff and I don't know sometimes random funny things that happen right nice yeah. nice
0: cool
1: uh, you guys can find me at Elena Blondita on Instagram and Elena Torres (laughs) on everything else. Um, Yeah, I have a show on December 6th in Baltimore. Um, I'll tell you guys later where it is because I forget right now, (laughs) but it's an all-women show and it's going to be awesome. And that's a Thursday. That's a Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, December 6th.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's tight. Uh, December 3rd, I will be the Shuffler at the DC Capitol Laughs Comedy yay. Shuffler. Maybe I'll
2: come by. Yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. i will be yeah. good. I'll help you with the TED Talk. <laughs> well, have been given by then. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, and additionally, you know, I'll be doing stuff all the time around here. I got some things kind of in the canister, so keep your ears tuned for Ooh. future episodes. Mystery. I can't really speak on this now. Um, here at the Draft House. So... This weekend, that is November 23rd, Friday, we have Nicole Byer from Netflix's Nailed It and MTV's Girl Code mm. at the DC Draft House, 7 and 9 on Friday, 7 and 9 on Saturday. Um, make sure to like our page, Countercurrents, Um. Currents DC on Twitter Counter Currents DC on Instagram and our Counter Currents Facebook page and like us for a chance to win three free sets of tickets to Nicole Byer we'll put you in a raffle it'll be all good uh, we want to thank Kasha Patel for yeah, coming through yeah throat. thanks yeah.
2: Kasha thanks for having me this was fun yes
0: indeed and uh, we'll have you back again sometime in the near future I want to hear again about this TED talk and
2: yeah we're excited to find out the day and what it says. I'd Yeah, be happy to come by and share. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd it. be awesome.
0: Yeah. And we know you grew up in West Virginia, but we wanted to go off without a hitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, All
1: right, y'all. <laughs> Peace. Bye. Yeah, bye.